1: 7. All right,
2: welcome into the and Kitchen Show. Mark Dondaro, Bang Kitchen with you. Kitch, good morning. How are you? I am very
1: good. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. It's been a fun week to absorb what's been going on with the Boston Celtics, and there's a lot to get to in terms of that team. Um, the, the Patriots, obviously, a game this weekend. After mm-hmm. a game last weekend, which we'll have to react to, and the Red Sox making some news as they introduce Craig Breslow. A lot to get to, a lot to say. Um but I'm interested in your take on the Celtics catch. And I guess I'll start with this question. How good is this starting five and this team
1: overall? Um, okay, I don't know exactly how you want me to quantify that. They're really, really good. The starting five is fantastic. Um, you know, again, when we look at the way this roster is constructed, we look at that starting five, you know, we have those lingering concerns when when it relates to injuries, particularly Stops Porzingis, but as it stands right now, with everyone healthy, that's an incredibly dominant starting five. Um, you know, my concerns from last week's show remain. Same concerns I had for this team. Uh, you know, as we look through the entirety of the regular season and into the postseason, and I know it's only what November fourth right now, but I think this starting five is the best starting five in the NBA, without a doubt, and it might be one of the best starting fives of the last twenty five years. Now, you can't get into that club unless you win, but if they win, that's a comparable starting five with, you know, looking back at the Lakers, looking back at the Warriors. Those are still probably better, but, man, it's up there. It's really good.
2: Okay, there's a lot of different areas we can go to and a lot of different avenues to take, and and obviously one to do, and I'm not trying to throw cold water on this, Um you know, the, a few years ago, they obviously had a really good start to the season in a in a, in a year that featured who, – who were we talking about? Was it Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving uh, and yep. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? I mean, I forget – or Kemba Walker. I forget which year it was.
1: No, the, the year that you really look at is the 17-18 year, Jason Tatum's rookie season when you brought in Kyrie and you brought in Gordon Hayward. So it was Hayward, uh, Kyrie, Al Horford um, – and then you kind of mix and match from there, because Tatum and Brown weren't there yet, no. Um, and they're closer to being
2: there now, and we think they're there now. Um, and there's a lot, like I said. You could analyze this, dissect this, and i'm I'm with everyone else, and I'm intoxicated at how good they've looked and the po- possibilities and potential that this team has. it It really is, um, you know, something that I feel like you know you alluded to it. I don't know if unprecedented is too strong of a word, but it does feel different. I'm going to say that. Here's what else I'm going to say, okay? To this point in the year, now I know they've scored 77 points in the first half. They scored 155 points. They're breaking records. They're killing teams. Mm -hmm. To me, though, I still think the most important game to this point in this season was the first game of the season against the New York Knicks. That is the type of game that I think represents real life for the Boston Celtics. And as good as they are, and we sort of saw this in Miami with the Heat some 10 years ago when LeBron James went there, there were issues, okay, with LeBron James and his ability to win at the highest level in the finals and close out a series at the highest level. But eventually, two things happened. Number one, he figured it out. And number two, the Heat, that team, overwhelmed the league with talent. Now, I don't know which happened first, but eventually, it didn't matter because the Miami Heat won the championship and went on to win back-to-back championships. Maybe well, they, that happens they, here they, in
1: Boston. But they I do started horribly. Hold on, hold on. They, the Miami Heat started horribly, and they didn't win that first year. They didn't win the title that first year. They did the next two, and then they lost again. But they started horribly, and then they went on this stretch run. So it's kind of this flipped opposite.
2: Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, this group, you know, the core – the two have been together for a while, so it's a little bit different in that regard. But I'm just talking about big, bigger picture, more of a macro. The the top dog, okay, the top guy has had his issues in the finals, in the biggest moments at times, being at his best. That's sure. all I'm saying. LeBron James was that for a little bit. Jason Tatum has been that at times for this Celtics team. Now you get this juggernaut type of roster that is out there, and trying to overwhelm everybody with talent and doing it. Now, I think that Jason Tatum could still figure it out and and win multiple championships for the Celtics. I'm just saying having all the talent around him, assuming they're able to play together effectively, also helps. And when you look at that Miami Heat team from 10 years ago or more, 2012, 2013, I don't know which helped more. Was it LeBron figuring it out, or was it having all the talent around, or was it both? It doesn't matter. They figured it out. They won two championships, and I think that could be on the table for the Celtics team, assuming all goes well. It's still early in the season, okay? But I still believe what we saw in New York opening night is going to be more representative of what this team is going to have to go through and overcome in order to win a championship. That's why that game still meant more to me. And if we dissected that game, if we did a deep dive, a podcast on that game, that would be more telling to me than scoring 155 points in Washington and running it up against the Pacer. That's nice. It shows that you can flex. And it's not meaningless. I mean, it's significant that they're able to do that to other NBA teams. It speaks to their level of talent, their level of cohesion this early on. All those things, Joe Missoula, everything. But the fact that they were able to persevere in a tough environment against a team that you haven't really played all that well against and Chris Daph Porzingis did what he did and you picked up Jalen Brown in a spot where down the stretch you needed some production and you weren't getting it from Tatum and Porzingis made the big shots and was good in that moment, that to me speaks louder for what this team will need to be going forward and ultimately winning the biggest games in the spring. We're going to get more opportunities to see them in that spot. They're not going to just kill teams all year long. So I'm looking forward to that. But to this point, that game in New York
1: was the best game this team has played to me. So, I mean, I agree with you so far. Um, To me, I'm looking at Monday's game as this kind of benchmark litmus test for this team. Because, you know, they're playing against the, the Timberwolves in Minnesota. And I know they have the Nets tonight. I'm not worried about that. But I'm interested in the Timberwolves game because that's a team that's going to throw a lot of size at them, with Towns and Gobert. So I, I'm very curious to see how they deal with that, because that's been my lingering concern with this team: is that they're not quite, they don't have enough depth, big depth, to really handle maybe a, um, you know, a Denver or maybe the Lakers or something if they're rolling. Um, and Minnesota's one of those teams that you know having those two massive dudes down there it's going to be very interesting to see how they play with it how they deal with that kind of size um so to me that's that's the the next big test for the celtics the next interesting game where i can look at and go okay now i can see how they deal with that size or how they don't deal with it and either that's going to reinforce my idea of hey you definitely need some depth there or it's going to kind of blow it out because they figure out how to uh, you know a way to go small against them or something i'm very curious to see how that game on monday night plays out
2: do you think based on what you're seeing and what you're looking at Kitch, in terms of the roster and the starting five and maybe this is an obvious question but i want to put it out there and i want to get your perception on it do you think that their starting five makes it a little bit more okay that their bench might not be as deep as
1: good or is that an obvious statement uh yeah i mean it is an obvious statement and it's true Um, because the reality is we overrate starting five. Do you know what I mean? We overrate who the starters are. Sure. Yeah. You really got to be looking at the minutes and the rotations. Yeah. So, you know, yes, having this really talented starting five allows you to be shorter on the bench because you can constantly rotate out. So you can, you know, have Drew Holiday be the first guy out, bring Peyton Pritchard in now, Pritchard's playing with the quote unquote starters. All right. And now you can start to rotate in different ways. It allows you to have more flexible rotations in a way. Um, but again, still, you need some size. I, I don't think Sam Hauser's going to come out and drop, you know, 17 points on five of six, three-point shooting all the time. It's no. nice to see. You know, it helps put that little bit of fear and doubt in other teams that when he comes out there and go, this kid can shoot. Let's not mess around too much. Um, so, yeah, I think that starting five does you know, allow you a little more flexibility to go younger on the bench and try different things, which is clearly what they're doing right now. But I I think when it comes to crunch time, you need to figure out who that seven or eight is going to be. And right now, I don't love the eight. Right. I like the six. I'm okay with the seven. Yep. But once we get to eight and playoff time, I go, I'm really concerned.
2: And the the question for me, you know, how do you go from, because let's be honest, Sam Hauser didn't play significant minutes in the play, meaningful, or I should say impactful minutes in the playoffs last year. He might have been out there a little bit, but in terms of
1: making impact, come on, you didn't really do that. Right? I mean, he averaged less than seven minutes a game.
2: Okay, so how do you go from, especially if you're a team like the Celtics, you know, that's, that's got what it takes talent-wise overall to win a championship. How do you go from being Sam Hauser to being Duncan Robinson? You know what I'm saying? Because Duncan Robinson, he's not a great player, but he has definitely carved out a role in Miami as a guy that can actually get in a game in the playoffs and contribute. Is he going to take over? Is he going to do – no, he's not going to do any of that. But he could get in a game and contribute and make some plays for you. How do you go from Sam Hauser to Duncan Robinson?
1: Uh, Is it just about opportunity? A little bit of opportunity. He's got to show it. I mean – One of the good things for Sam is he's playing against these other guys that are a lot better than him. So the opportunity for him to kind of pick up tricks along the way and learn things and improve his game is right in front of him. And it's going to have to be in practice. He's going to have to do it against Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in practice to kind of warrant those opportunities. But he's also dealing with competition from guys that are more defensive minded. So you know, it's not going to be an easy path for him to kind of develop into that guy. I don't you know, I don't love Duncan Robinson. He's fine. But, you know, Sam Hauser ultimately should be your 10. Yeah. He should be your ten. But,
2: but do you know what I'm saying about Duncan Robinson? No, we neither of us love him. But he's made some big shots. Like, he's had his moments sure. in big play. Yeah. Game 7 of the, fi- the Eastern Finals. I mean, for crying out loud, it doesn't feel like Sam Hauser should be that far away from being able to do some of the things Duncan Robinson does, even though maybe Robinson's a little bit taller.
1: Here's why it's going to be more difficult for Hauser to do that. He has – the way the Heat are constructed is very different from the way the Celtics are constructed, particularly right now. Yeah. The Heat have, what, two – really one scorer, two more complete basketball players. So your one scorer is Tyler Hero. Yeah. And your more complete basketball players are Butler and Adebayo. But after that, it's kind of an open – competition for everyone else essentially so there's far more opportunities for role players in the miami system than there's going to be in the current boston system especially with a starting five that's like this one
2: sure um i'm just thinking you know again this team everything about this team is centered around the spring and may and april and all those games that you play in that and during that time of the year and i'm just thinking about all of a sudden Let's say you get into May and you're in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. okay? And all of a sudden, Jason Tatum is having a really bad game, which we've seen him have. He's yeah. just off. He's he, terrible. And Chris Daps Porzingis is a little banged up. okay? Now, all of a sudden, you get two of your best guys not at their best, and you're going to war with Brown, Derek White, and Drew Holiday. And maybe Al Horford. Now, I don't not like that. But then it becomes, okay, if that's the case, which is, you know, very possible, Tatum struggling, Porzingis banged up, is Jalen Brown going to be able to elevate himself in a spot like that when the team needs him the most? And then it becomes, okay, are are you then going to ask Drew Holiday or Derek White to do things that they're not as good as they are and as much as we like them, are they going to be doing things that they're not capable or trying to do things that they're not equipped to really do? And then all of a sudden it can get a little dicey and hairier than you think pretty quickly. So I'm just saying the more just because the starting five is intoxicating, having a guy off the bench, having those types of – because I keep going back. You said, Kitch, and it was a great point. Um, you win with size. When you look at the last few championships, teams have won. They've had size. Mm-hmm. You also kind of look at the bench. And when I look at some of the last few championships, I also think of the bench. And that includes the Celtics in 08. But I think of last year, I think of some of the bench guys. Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, you know, um, they they play a role. And I still feel like the Celtics are going to need some of that in order to get to where they want to go. 401 777 1037 is the phone number. 401 777 1037. Um, let's get a trending with Devo. When we get back, Kitch, I'm going to tell you why I like. Now, I didn't think this was going to be the case, but the more I've thought about this, I like the in-season tournament, and I specifically like it for the Boston Celtics, and I'm going to explain why, and I'm going to get your take as well. This is the Martin Kitchen Show, 1037 WEI.